What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the weekly walk-off on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, it is July. It is my favorite time of the month to record. And I realized today that I don't know if I've ever asked you what your favorite time to record is. Oh. Is it the beginning of the month like me? I mean, these are a ton of fun. I love doing these kind of monthly wrap-up episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for baseball. I mean, the season so lends itself into these month breakouts that it's a perfect time to do it. So, I mean, I I like when we do some special episodes when they come up, but start of the month's always cool. Yeah, I think it's cool to to recap, too. And honestly, it's pretty much halfway point of the season, too. All-Star Game is usually a little bit past Mm -hmm. halfway point, so we're kind of at a good midway where we can look back on the season and you mentioned it a couple episodes if this was the 60 game season it would have been long over weeks ago we would have been done with baseball we're in the league championship series right now isn't that crazy (laughs) to think about it it really is so it it adds perspective to the marathon that baseball really is i was literally just gonna say it puts into perspective hot streaks and cold streaks and guys just having a bad series it was all so magnified last year and i think that really took away from the game and that's why you don't put much stock into 60 games sample sizes good or bad exactly we, we talk about it you, there are so many different we oddities we could bring up from last year with the 60 games i mean the miami marlins made the playoffs and you see where they are this year and it's not to say they're bad this year but yeah. they're very clearly not a playoff team it's just Weird things can happen in 60-game samples. Totally, totally. But we're back to normalcy this year. Yes. And we've got, uh, what is this, our fourth? Was April 1st or May 1st opening day? Uh, April 1st. April 1st, yeah. April, May, and June. So this is our our third. You did the first one by yourself, though, so this is only my second. (laughs) So I said to Pat right before we hit record... This one was hard for me because I think there are, there are some very obvious answers here. Oh, easily. It's, it's still always Jacob deGrom as pitcher <laughs> because he's my vote for NL MVP right now. As he is for me. Vladdy, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is obviously the hitter of the month. Kyle Schwarber, I know you'll get into him. He yes. was an obvious one for me. But I know from my side, and I know you and I both always try to do this, we're gonna we're gonna highlight some names that maybe aren't being talked about as enough. Kevin Gosman, we didn't give him the award last month. I feel bad about that. I really I do, do too. He deserved <laughs> it, but he's getting a ton of, of recognition as well. So that's just as a disclaimer. But you can start us off. Pick league hitter, uh, pitcher, whatever you'd whatever you'd like. So let, let's get the obvious one out of the way then. So we'll, okay. we'll just start. We'll start our conversation there. We'll go to the National League and we'll go hitter. And it's the guy referenced at the end of our last episode, our full episode for the week, which go give that a listen if you have not listened to that one yet. And that is going to be Kyle Schwarber, who has just put together one of the most ridiculous ridiculous month stretches that we have ever seen in baseball and no that is not an exaggeration he's going to finish the month of june with 16 home runs a 290 batting average a 360 on base percentage as we talked about at the end of that episode he has out homered eight teams since june 10th sitting here as we record this you heard that correctly. He is a, he one man has out homered teams. Not uh, the, a typo. Not a typo. The month that Kyle Schwarber has so again sixteen home runs total for the month. 
Um, just the the month that he has put together an OPS of over one point one. I laugh as I go through these numbers because that's the only thing you can do. That's how crazy of a month Kyle Schwarber has had. I'm literally, so I'm doing the social media post. We're recording this on Wednesday night as a disclaimer. So it is still June 30th. That she could still homer. So if somebody else goes off tonight, we might have to, to do an emergency pod maybe. I but, think so. Um, literally, I was doing the social post for the episode that dropped on Wednesday. And your stat was three. Your number mm-hmm. of the week was three, and it was how many and how many games? It Do you was remember he, off the top of yes, your head? Yes, uh, 17 home runs in 15 games. Okay, now it is 12 home runs in 10 games. Yes. So the, the spot is a little different because he hit a home run in the leadoff spot against the Tampa Bay Rays on Tuesday night. What he is doing is absurd. He could have been added to the Spotlighting Greatness episode and had his own his own category because he has talked himself into that conversation. I will repeat, I do not know why pitchers continue to pitch to him. Anything in the strike zone, he is so comfortable. He's having so much fun. It is amazing to watch. I I hope it keeps going. Who knows how long this can go on for, but I'm picking him and I play MLB beat the streak, and I'm picking Kyle Schwarber for the next couple of days. <laughs> I, I would, too. And so you bring up that number of then 12 home runs in 10 games. Yeah. So my last stat was three. He's now at two. Yep. The only two players in Major League Baseball history have hit 12 home runs in a 10-game stretch. The only other one, Albert Bell of the 1995 Cleveland Indians. It's crazy. You hear it, these streaks, but 12 home runs in 10 games. It's crazy. it's incredible and the funny thing is he's doing it all against right-handed pitching really he he does not hit lefties very well at all i believe only yet only two of his home runs this season have come against lefties Mm. it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because if a righty's out there he's jumping all over and he's hitting it out of the ballpark which is just incredible yeah we're gonna see his walk rate i think balloon in the next couple of weeks but i think you have to that's a really good pick he deserves so much credit and we mentioned it a lot in our trade deadline preview he has put the nationals into the sell uh excuse me the buying Mm -hmm. category because yes he he has has had the most insane month ever maybe the best month out of all the awards we've had so far has anyone been this obvious of a winner i said degrom's months when he's been healthy is is out of this world but hitter wise i mean the the month that schwarber's had is the is the best month out of anyone so far yeah yeah i agree so i'll give almost my honorary mention pick here because he obviously is number one i'm gonna put you on the spot pat and i hope you say the right answer (laughs) i'm scared who did we say was the x factor for the san diego padres X Factor for the San Diego Padres. I mean, I personally am a massive Jay Cronenworth fan, so I hope you went with him. It, I did. You right. did? Yes! We're on We've the entered page. the Crone Zone. Exactly. It's it, In my opinion, it's Jay Cronenworth and Trent Grisham. I looked Grisham. at him too. Yes, yeah. I love Grisham. If those two guys are above average, or, or in this case, above elite, which I think both of them are, mm. then I think this team is taken to a new level. And that's exactly what happened because Jay Cronenworth has had a unbelievable June, and I don't think he gets nearly the credit he deserves. So I'll, I'll read off some numbers. You Average, have no idea how happy you've made me that you yeah. picked Jay Cronenworth because he was the second guy I considered as well, and he I'm absolutely so deserves the credit because this dude is a stud. 
stud at second base. He is a really, really good player. And I'm going to die on the Adam Frazier hill, mm-hmm. but Jay Cronenworth has made me doubt that a little bit. <laughs> I have to stick with it because I've been so aggressive about Frazier, but Jay Cronenworth has really made his case. Oh my God. So the 283 average, that's really good, but that's not what blows you away. Instead, how about a 159 weighted runs created plus number in the month of June? It's 59% better than league Mm -hmm. average. 275 BABIP. What I really love is that his K percentage is 15.2. He's only struck out in, sorry, I'm just funny, 16 of his 92 at-bats in June. On the other hand, he's walked in 9.5 of his at-bats. You rarely see a walk percentage and a strikeout percentage that close. He just sees the ball so well. We've talked a lot about how underrated plate discipline is. That should be a five-star tool. That should be in the toolbox. Mm -hmm. He does that really, really well. Yeah, he does. And as you said, listen, it's Fernando Tatis is, of course, always going to get the uh, all the praise there Manny Machado another massive massive contract yeah. there and a, a huge player for San Diego but Jay Cronenworth really helps that lineup tick because he is that different type of player as you mentioned he puts the ball in play a lot he's in the 97th percentile in whiff rate he just he doesn't miss when he uh when he swings or whiff percentage not whiff rate uh his his strikeout percentage as you said 93rd percentile he's up there yep. towards the top of the league he's got decent speed he plays a good second base he's got a sweet left-handed swing i am a massive jay cronenworth fan he's coming off a great month of june as you said and i i'm thrilled that you mentioned him as your honorary mentioned but player of the month for june yeah no he without kyle schorber i think he would have been the obvious pick here um even the pitching staff took steps in the offseason to further bury him. You know what I mean? Like, now mm-hmm. you've got Darvish and Snell and even the young farm system, Ryan Weathers, Mackenzie Gore. Everybody is going to talk about anybody else besides Jake Cronenworth. But this guy is elite. 587 slug, 946 OPS, just to top that off. Yeah. And he was a pitcher in college. He could have been... the anti-Jacob deGrom. He could have been, oh, please. <laughs> he could have been a, uh, a Shohei Otani type. Obviously not to that level, but he has the versatility. And I think that shows up in other parts of his game. His really good defense, that plate discipline, almost knowing what the pitcher is going to throw and being able to get on top of it. And that's why you see these numbers that are so above league average in June. He's a straight-up stud, as yeah. I went to. And a massive part of San Diego and part of what makes him so good. Yeah, and I really think... It, Fernando Tatis is going to make them tick. Mm-hmm. Manny Machado, if you Darvish has a couple bad starts, that's going to tank them. Jay Cronenworth is going to forever be just the the unspoken hero of that team, the engine that makes them go. He might not win any MVPs, but I really think if he has an offseason, the Padres aren't nearly as good as they can be. Yep, could not And he had more. a slow start. He yes. was slow at the beginning. Yeah, he's also added a little bit of power to his game this year yeah. as well. So really just a very, very solid player. Yeah, I like those picks. And he will, at this point, I think, maybe people listen to our uh, The Votes Are In episode, Pat, and they heard the Ozzy Albies blasphemy. <laughs> and it seems like now it might be Frazier, Cronenworth, one and two in the All-Star game. I, I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we stay in the NL and do pitcher? Yeah, let's wrap it up and go pitcher then. Okay. Uh, so if you're going with unheralded, I will go with that as well. My 
National League Pitcher of the Month actually led all of Major League Baseball in pitching war for the month of June. And it's not the guy you think of when you go to it. It is, of the Colorado Rockies, Herman Marquez, a trade candidate. As we look towards the trade deadline again a month away, I think it would have to be a really strong offer to pry Marquez away from the Colorado Rockies. But Marquez pitched 41 innings, which is up towards the top of the leaderboard here for most innings thrown in the month of June. He limited his BABIP to under 200 at 193. He had a high ground ball rate, most impressively. And I usually don't take win-loss too seriously for pitchers. He is 6-1 and one at Coors Field. That's for the season, not just for June. He's got a 3 ERA there, which is very difficult to have a 3 ERA pitching at Coors Field. He has just been very, very strong for the Rockies this year, as I said, possibly being a trade candidate. I, he's been a horse. He had a 2-4 ERA for the month of June. He took a no-hitter into the ninth inning just a night ago as we record this. Ended up throwing a complete game shutout, and his whip probably the most impressive of all his numbers for this month at 0.75. Wow. Yeah, Herman Marquez put together quite the month of June, and it is quite the time for him to do so when he could be on the move a month from now. That's incredible. I think it would be a serious mistake if the Rockies deal him. And I didn't think that I didn't think that last year, but I mentioned on the episode on Wednesday about um oh man, who did I say it about? Richard Richard Rodriguez, excuse me, the closer for the Pirates. Mm -hmm. The Pirates aren't a year or two our way, and Richard Rodriguez isn't getting any younger, so you might as well deal him now. Herman Marquez is the best pitching that the Rockies have and that they've had in a couple of years. Definitely. You might as well keep him and try and package some minor league prospects together for a guy like Gray and a guy like Trevor Story. Hello. Only 26 as well. Yeah, and, and try and go after it in the next couple of years. I mean, if you had put a gun to my head and asked me to pick players off the top of my head for this episode... Marquez probably wouldn't have been in my top five. Exactly. It's crazy. But he led all of all pitchers in war for June, which is yeah. just crazy to think about. That is about. a really, really impressive stat. And did you say 40 or 30 innings pitched? 41 innings pitched wow. in June. And the, the the nine obviously inflates that from Yeah, it, it, from it helps night. when you throw a complete game because you don't <laughs> see many of them in today's game. But uh, Marquez did go nine. And every single guy that I looked at didn't even go over 30. So that is that is really impressive. And He actually, I, he was two-thirds of an inning off of leading. I, I didn't have the number in okay. front of me then. I have it now. Sandy Al- Alcantara threw oh, 41 yeah. and two-thirds. Marquez threw 41 innings. He had a good month too. Yes. I am so over the Coors narrative. I am honestly so sick of hearing about it. And it's mostly around trade candidates and them not being able to hit on the road. Yeah. Because that's all we've been hearing about with Trevor Story. But... Everything you read off for a pitcher on a pitcher's side to know that he can be that successful in the most hitter-friendly ballpark in baseball, that just adds another notch. That is a big deal. And he is no joke. Marquez is no joke. Those are some serious stats. No, he is not. So it could be a really key piece of a team that wants to go out there and make a splash here at the deadline. Yeah. Or could be a part of that Rockies core going forward. Yeah. The Rockies just need to figure out their identity. I'm not sure the Rockies <laughs> have figured out their identity. <laughs> they need to figure themselves out because they're going to waste them if they mm. keep them and don't do anything, and yeah. that would be a shame. Fair point. So my guy, another young guy that I'm very excited to talk about, we've mentioned him before, 
curious. We haven't tested the temperature on the Rookie of the Year race in the NL. I think it's Trevor Rogers, and he is my NL Pitcher of the Month. You know I love Trevor Rogers. Yeah, it's kind of... It's unfortunate because the Cabrian Hayes train was stalled for a while because of injuries. Dylan Carlson flamed out a little bit. Was there anybody else that was big? Jazz Chisholm hasn't been too above and beyond. Trevor Rogers really is running away with it. Ian Anderson is another guy who's having a great season. So Trevor Rogers, he is above the 69th percentile in every single category on the baseball savant page. As you're listening, type up Trevor Rogers in Google. Mm-hmm. You will see a lot of red, and that is a very good thing for a pitcher. The only thing that isn't red is walk percentage, which a lot of pitchers are struggling with, yes. especially as late of late, and max exit velocity, which I thought was actually really interesting. It means that a lot of hard-hit balls are, are a lot of balls are hit hard against him, but his season ERA is two one four. Yep, and his season FIP is two six. So a guy might hit a hundred and ten mile per hour single up the middle, but Rogers isn't letting him score. So I thought that was a really telling stat. And then just in June, five starts, all of them no less than five innings pitched. You know how Which much I important. value depth yes. and, and length. No more than three innings. Almost all of them are quality starts. No less than five strikeouts, nine against Philly, which is still a good lineup. So to be striking out nine of those guys is a big deal. Just under 30 innings pitched. 10.3 strikeouts per nine. An 091 whip. And a stat I know you will appreciate. 29.2 innings pitched. Just two homers. He is going Huge. to be... The ace of this Miami Marlins rotation that might be top five in baseball in less than five years, Pat. Yeah, like we talk about core. He is a part of that Marlins core. He is a key piece of that Marlins core going forward. And it's so interesting because, you know, we saw him a little bit last year and he was not good. He, he, He really struggled in his first cup of coffee here in the big leagues and he has come back and pretty much from the get-go this season has come out firing which has been so impressive another strong month for him in the month of june and, and what really helps him be effective is that changeup of his is just so nasty yeah. and he, he throws it a lot he throws his changeup almost 30 percent of the time which is which is pretty high fastball is only at 60 so he does like to mix, mix up his pitches um i'm very impressed with what i'm seeing from rogers i i think that he's still uh, clearly a very young player and mm-hmm. has a lot of ceiling still left to go for him which is very exciting uh as you said just a strong month for him and he wasn't even talked about i mean behind Sixto sanchez and no, sandy Sixto's the guy. Sixto, yeah Sixto's the guy and he hasn't pitched this year and pablo lopez and who's the guy that they have is it matt manning or is he on the tigers no manning's the tigers yeah they have a the Marlins have another really young guy in the minors who I think is playing in the futures game. I can't think of his name. I can't. Off I know the top of my head. JJ Blade is their big hitter. That's yeah. He's their hitter. Yeah. If, if whatever, if you're looking it up, but whatever. Um, but Trevor Rogers was never supposed to be the guy, and because no. Sixto is hurt, like you mentioned, he's been able to to meet the moment, to say the least. And even though the NL East is struggling, none of those lineups are a joke the Braves can still hit the Mets can't hit no offense they no they can't they can't hit but all those other teams can hit the Nats and the NL has a lot of really good lineups and for Rodgers to have a 
a 2-1-4 ERA, and a 2-6 FIP. A couple of the American League pitchers that I'm going to talk about, their FIP versus their expected FIP made me lean away from them a little bit. Rodgers isn't getting lucky. He isn't getting unlucky, but he isn't even getting lucky. His numbers are very close, which means his stuff is just pure, and he goes on the mound, and he gets outs, and he gets things done. Yeah, I I love how you put it, and that's exactly it. It's uh, a young pitcher that is turning into one of the better ones in the game. Has had a fantastic start to the season this year, and we'll see if he can continue it forward. Possibly an all-star for the Marlins as we get closer to the all-star game. I hope so, and I hope Cabrian Hayes stays healthy, and if he continues to play at the rate that he's playing at, we might have a really interesting NL Rookie of the Year race. Did you see that play that Hayes made last week, the barehanded? There are... I, I can only think of two other players in baseball right now that I can imagine making that play, and it's Matt Chapman and Nolan Arenado, but yeah. that's it. And they probably took off their cap and were clapping. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was to. insane. Yeah. What, a, what a great play. Yeah. All right, let's move to AL hitter, because I have an interesting discussion for pitcher that I want to end on. Cool. You want me to start with hitter, or do you want yeah. to go? Yeah, go ahead. All right, so I, I went with someone that was mentioned just briefly in our uh, kind of greatness episode, and... Uh, before I even go into it, I do want to say my honorable mention for it was Gary Sanchez. And Gary Sanchez, I want to bring him up because I, Sanchez gets crushed, and a, a lot of the time, deservedly so. But for the month of June, the Yankees got what they've been looking for for Gary Sanchez pretty much since he first came up and hit all those home runs in the second half of the season. Uh, for He hit 290, which you just... I'm not the biggest batting average person in the world, but Gary Sanchez hitting 290 is a big deal. A 360 on base percentage and eight home runs. So did want to point, especially from the catcher position as well, that is unbelievably valuable. We know about all the Yankee struggles. He was not a part of it in June. And that is a very, very important piece for them. I'm so happy you brought that up because you could say the same thing about Judge too. Judge Mm -hmm. had a monster year as well. And it's just been the narrative around the Yankees and the narrative around Gary that has to do with laziness and that he doesn't catch properly and he doesn't run out ground balls. He has done a 180, and he looks really, really good at the plate to the point where Garrett Cole is not going to have a personal catcher anymore. Yeah, which was huge. the Yankees cannot sit Gary Sanchez. He is the best thing in their lineup right now. Yeah, and he listen, he had a very poor April and May, so yes. it was, it was yes. very justified, all the things going his way. But w- what a great month of June. So he's the honorable mention. I felt he definitely worth spotlighting, but yeah. who I'm going with, straight up stud again, it's Matt Olson of the Oakland A's, first base, the guy that would be starting the All-Star game at first base if it weren't for Mr. Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a great month of June again, as I said. Not the biggest batting average person in the world, but when you hit 350, I think that's worth mentioning, and that's exactly what Olson did. Over a 420 on base percentage, seven home runs for the month, has helped propel the A's to being right there in the race with the red-hot Houston Astros. I love watching Matt Olson play. <laughs> he, he's also a great glove uh, on top of it his offensive war was almost 13 for the month which is so so high um just great month for matt olson and i go with him as my american league hitter we're becoming a matt olson pod i i i'm a huge matt olson guy. i love that I for us it. i stand by it <laughs> no i we've we've mentioned him before just an yes. absolute monster of a month i love that We've talked about the discrepancy between average and power before. He's diminished that. Matt Chapman's coming along, Pat. He is, which is is huge. Coming along, which means the A's just reached a new level. You are, you are totally right. I actually am going to use that as a segue into my guy. Please do. 
If I were to ask you, Pat, off the top of your head, what would you say that Carlos Correa's average was on the season? I wish I was looking at this because he was one of the players that came to mind before I went with Olsen. I'm going to say 285. Carlos Correa is hitting 300 this season. Which And at 285 was me saying knowing that Correa is having a good year. He is having a good year. And if you had to go off the top of your head knowing that he is my AL hitter of the month, <laughs> what do you think he's hitting in June? 320. 345. I, I'm shortchanging Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa is mashing and this is a larger the Astros are the best offense in baseball and I need to pick somebody because Jose Altuve is having an incredible season yes he is Alex Bregman was wicked good before he got hurt which is such a shame potentially an MVP caliber season uh Jordan Alvarez is doing amazing Miles Straw is on like an eight for 17 streak and he's the weakest part of that lineup we've talked about Yuli Gurriel the Astros are so good Plus the pitching they have, Luis Garcia is a guy that I thought about doing for my AL pitcher. But I'll focus back on Carlos Correa now. And this pains me. But the the race for AL uh, all-star shortstop. Sorry, that was awkward to get out. You're good. It's too close. My guy Xander, he deserves it. But I'm worried Correa is going to jump into that spot because Correa's of how coming hot, on hot exactly. he has been lately. Man, Walk percentage, 17.4%. That's what happens when you hit 345. Guys don't want to pitch to you anymore. His weighted on base average, 475. His OPS is 1135. And his weighted runs created plus 209. That is what they call a pretty damn good month, Pat. I would say so. It doesn't hurt also when you hit seven home runs in the month of June, which is one yes. short of how many home runs he had hit for the season so far going into it as well. And also remembering that he plays the premium position of shortstop. Yes. I, I have no problem with Correa being up here. And it's an important year for him. It's a walk year. He's going to be yes. a free agent. He's a part of that historic shortstop free agent class, and he's towards the top of it, and yep. he is helping himself make a large sum of money yep. come the winter with how he's playing right now. Yeah, just something I forgot to mention, Jake Cronenworth also has seven home runs. So compare a guy like Cronenworth with a guy like Correa. They're both powering in this basically the same way right now, which is crazy for Jake. But that is exactly where I wanted to go with the walk year for Correa. Because obviously it was the sign-stealing scandal. It was the injuries. Former number one pick was figuring himself out for so long. Carlos Correa is 26. He's about to hit the market for the first time. As potentially a top three shortstop in the AL. Actually, that's not potentially. He he is a top three shortstop in the AL, if not top five shortstop in all of baseball. And he is playing his best baseball at the right time. Usually you see, do you see declines in walk years or is it usually the year after they get paid? It's kind of split. It depends on how the player deals with pressure a lot of the time. Javi Baez. A perfect example of a guy that might not be dealing with the pressure that well. And he don't I don't think he would have gotten as much money as a Correa or a Seeger or a Story. Anyways, he was a tier below. But Carlos Correa, with the defense, and that's what people keep talking about with Bogarts versus Correa. Correa has the defensive edge. I was listening to the Talking Baseball podcast today, John Boy Media, mm-hmm. and I hadn't even realized this. The Astros send out Carlos Correa to right field to be the cutoff man 
because he is that good his at arm relays. Is, yeah, his arm is ridiculous. Imagine that, going all the way across the field to cut off the right fielder because you are that better than everybody else on the field. That adds a whole other aspect to the game, and right now he... I mean, he's seeing it as well as Kyle Schwarber. His launch angle just isn't the same. 345 in the month of June. Career best in basically every single monthly category. Yeah, and and for me too, it's the on-base percentage, which is so impressive because, you know, of course (laughs) the way he's hitting it is is unreal and you add in the power as well. But a 468 on-base percentage for for the entire month? Think about that. That's almost a 50% of his plate appearances he's getting on base. Yeah. Like, just, just wow. What, a, what an incredible month. Yeah, and I wanted to bring up, I had pulled up the Astros schedule because I wanted to just say some of their run totals in the past couple of weeks and days. On Tuesday night, they lost to the Orioles 13-3. to Just needed to start off with that. <laughs> Otherwise, they scored 12 against Detroit, 13 against Baltimore, 10 against Baltimore, 7-8 and versus Chicago, and 10, excuse me. They beat Minnesota 14 to 3. They beat Boston 12 to 8. They beat Toronto 13 to 1. They're doing it against bad teams obviously because they're just hitting off of a tee. Sure. They're also doing it against some serious pitchers and I think they are the most complete team in the AL. Ooh, that that's an interesting one. And they Can you could- go there? They might be there. They they might. I I think a healthy White Sox team is, but they're yeah, not healthy. But they're not healthy. So it's it, it's definitely up there in Boston. You know the offense is crazy. The defense is really bad, and and the pitching has been good enough. So yeah. I I don't. I, Houston definitely might take the cake. If their pitchers continue to pitch, if if Luis Garcia turns, if this is legit what he's been doing, mm-hmm. Jake Odorizzi has been better of late. Better he of could late. be an X yep. factor for them. Fran Valdez is still getting back to. To last year's form they've got it all going and they don't have alex bregman that's the craziest part yeah, yeah it's, they're all i was points. absolutely shocked when i saw carlos correa's numbers because usually i'll give you a, some an inside scoop into my uh my picking for this episode i pull up fan graphs i pull up baseball reference Same. and i go off of ideas in my head like at <laughs> one point i knew nick castellanos was having a great month so i put it in and then i compare them to uh Jesse Winker and Mookie Betts and Ronald Acuna Jr., etc. And this month was harder because behind a couple of the really main guys like Shohei Otani and Vlad Guerrero, who is the obvious AL hitter of the month winner, Carlos Cray wasn't one of those guys, but I knew the Astros were mashing and mm-hmm. I was just blown away by how exceptional this month really is for him. Yeah, just complete stud, and it put up a, a great, great month that is going to unfortunately be overshadowed by with what Kyle Schwarber has done yeah, this exactly. month. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But wow, like, what a what a great month. Yeah, all right, you can start us off with the AL pitchers to close us out. Awesome, yeah, I'll start taking us home. So I am going north of the border, and I'm going to Toronto, and it's a guy that we even spotlighted, you know, in our in our season preview as someone that needed to perform well for the Blue Jays to be in a playoff race this year and that would be Robbie Ray and Robbie Ray has absolutely done that so far this season and he certainly did it come June I'm not a win-loss guy for pitchers but if that's your cup of tea he went four and one for the month more importantly 34 innings pitched he had (laughs) a K rate 
for of 14 for strikeouts per nine, which is why I really oh went for it. 14 Ks per nine is just insane. 53 strikeouts in 34 innings pitched is great. And for, for Robbie Ray, walks has been a problem for a lot of his career. He limited it to just nine walks in those 34 innings pitched. And it, while it's not just June, if I bring in his full year numbers then, last year's walk per nine were almost eight. He's got that down to two this year. A massive, massive decline in his walk rate, which is part of what has made him so effective. He's always been a high strikeout guy, but it's he allows too many base runners. You have not seen that this year. A sh- very strong month for Robbie Ray. He is my American League Pitcher of the Month. Who are we talking about? Right, right? It doesn't Ray? make sense. You do not think of it in that way. And that's a 2.8 ERA as well. I realize I did not say that. Man, 50 plus strikeouts in that spin. My mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah, the, the walks has always been the problem. That was why, and I, I still stand by this, the Jays don't have the pitching. They're going to have to make a huge move at the deadline. But if Ray continues this, and he has had an incredible season start to finish so far, he's staying healthy, knock on wood. Yep. That's a game changer. Man, Hunter Ryu and Robbie Ray, look out for them being one of the best duos in the postseason if they make it that far. Those are crazy numbers. Yeah, really. I'm totally with you. I think Toronto needs to add pitching yeah. for, for them to be able to to really make a run here. But they've gotten what they needed out of Robbie Ray to yeah. be able to be there. Oh, and more, more so than that. A- yeah. Exactly. Just a, a great month. And those strikeout numbers are just way too eye-popping for me to uh, to pass No, off. that's unbelievable. My my. <laughs> thought for the Blue Jays was always that you add to the offense and I love that make the offense exactly what it needs to be and you still have the development of Bichette Biggio and Guerrero and then as the years go on you continue to just add more and more pieces to your bullpen and your rotation so I was disappointed that Ray was the guy they went after this offseason but I thought you know, whatever, he can be the two, three guy for now, and then at the deadline, if they're in a spot where they can capitalize, you go out and you get a one or two, a Scherzer type of guy. That's who I think the Jays should go after. At the rate Robbie Ray is pitching right now, that guy might slot into the three spot. I don't know if anybody's going to pitch better than Robbie Ray right now and go above him in the in the rotation. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's crazy. Wow. I'm just recovering from those strikeout numbers. Gosh. It, it takes you off the page, which is exactly why I wanted to spotlight wow. him. All right, that's a great pick. So I was really torn. I have two guys. And I'll say them first, and then we can go through some of their numbers. So I'm going to need your help. So the first is Kyle Gibson, who we mentioned in the trade deadline as a very hot commodity. He's had mm-hmm. a great month. The other guy is Yusei Kikuchi. Ooh. Of the Seattle Mariners. Final, you know, finally starting to pitch well, which is great. Yes, and it has been a long time coming. And if you look at his fan graphs page of some of his splits from this time last season, mm-hmm. you might think they are a typo. But this year they are not. He's having a very good month. I'll say the season first, just to, to start us off here. So Kikuchi has a 3-3-4 ERA, a 4-3-2 FIP, and a 0.9 F4. And Gibson has a 2 ERA a 3-3 FIP, and a 1.9 F4. And that means that Gibson has been better for a longer stretch of the season because, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned, Kikuchi started off really slow. So, in June, Gibson has the advantage. So, I'll tell you these, and then you and I can decide which one is more important so I can narrow down. Gibson has the advantage in innings pitched 
ERA, FIP, walks per nine, and whip. And Kikuchi has the advantage in opposing batting average, opposing slugging percentage, and strikeouts per nine. What do you think right off the bat? I like that Kikuchi's limited damage there, but I would go with Gibson based on those numbers. So Kikuchi was the first guy I thought of when I wanted to highlight somebody on the Mariners to give them a little bit of credit. Mm -hmm. But I also am leaning Gibson. He has just all of his start, his five starts in June too. I'll read you off the opponents. Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Houston, Oakland, and the Kansas City Royals. Those are some of the best offenses. Four of the top offenses, yeah. yeah. All of them he pitched more than five innings, and in all of them he didn't give up more than two runs. He had shutouts in two of those games. I think he is the complete package at this point. Ten strikeouts in his last start against Kansas City. He might not strike out that many guys. It's under eight strikeouts per nine, which for a starter at this stage in the game is almost a red flag. Let's take it back a second. He still strikes out almost eight guys per nine mm-hmm. innings. That's crazy. It's just that pitchers are so good now. And his opponent, his opposing batting average and his opposing slugging don't pop off the page like I think Kikuchi's do. So I wanted to give him credit there. But sure. Kyle Gibson has just been so good. And what he, the other thing is I want to always think about what type of value this pitcher adds to their team. And what would the Rangers pitching staff be without Kyle Gibson? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Man, what would the Rangers be without Kyle Gibson? Oh, I meant to mention Joey Gallo, monster month too. Yes, another guy I wanted to mention. Yeah. Good good call there. Uh, so, yeah, so I'll say I'll, I'll go with Kyle Gibson as my AL pitcher of the month. I, I would agree with that. I think that's totally fair. I, the biggest thing you say around him is he's pitched so well, He I see about a... 99% chance he gets traded. Yeah. <laughs> they just, and that's his they reward, have to move him. right? Exactly. Yeah. They, they just have to move him. But, you know, w- what a season he's having on top of just the June that you went through. And the biggest thing that I look at is his home runs per nine is under one. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's you can't state enough how important that is in today's game where everything is about the home run. He's not allowing them. He's not walking many guys. He's, as you said, he's striking out an all right number, but definitely nothing to pop off the page. He's just getting the job done right yep. now. And that is really, really important. And that is going to be unbelievably important for a contender that's going to want to add him to bolster their rotation. He absolutely fits everywhere. And he everywhere. is really... Everywhere. The thing that I'm always curious about is how pitchers react to certain roles as the ace, as the three or four guy, how do their egos feel, all that, the personality behind it. He is the bona fide ace of this Rangers team, and the Rangers stink. Mm-hmm. But he is still an ace, and at this point, one of the best pitchers in the American League. So I'm curious to see, A, what type of team he ends up going to, what the state of their rotation is, and then B, how he reacts to a potential change as going from the top dog to maybe a three or a four option. But with that being said, if Kyle Gibson is a three or a four option in another rotation, that rotation must be pretty unbelievable. I'd like to see that. Uh, a one five ERA in June. Yeah, that's just, crazy. Just one five two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. One oh one whip. Some pretty, pretty good, good months from guys across the sport. <laughs> pretty good months. I'm curious. It usually so we usually drop these a day before the MLB awards come out. And last year, not to pat myself on the back, I mean, last month, excuse me, I had AL pitcher and AL player, but I didn't have any of the NL guys. I, I'm still, as opposed I've, to MLB. 
I love that Kevin Gosman got it. I'm still mad that Zach Wheeler didn't because what well, Wheeler's yeah, th- and he did it again in June, crazy. by the way. Um, so he's another guy that's got a chance to win. It is Zach Wheeler here. Yeah, in, uh, he's in had the a month very good June. month. Aaron but, Knowles picked it up as late too. Yes. Yeah. All right. I meant to ask you one more thing. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on the first foreign substance ejection? Just in a nutshell, where are you at with it right now? So. I think that there is a major fatal flaw in this whole thing, and it is that Major League Baseball is not doing any further investigation on these. You don't say. That's a fatal flaw? Just a little bit. The fact that they... Listen, we've talked about it before, that we think it's a good thing that that Mm -hmm. stuff like this is getting cracked down on. But you're telling me that you're going to allow umpires to be judge, jury, and executioner and not even check it, and it's just an automatic suspension from that? That blows my mind for the incompetency. And are you telling me that that's not going... Think of all the exhibits that the players are going to have when we go to this collective bargaining agreement. (laughs) That this isn't going to be at the top? It just... Oh, we could have a whole podcast on me just screaming about how stupid that is. But please, take it away. Incredibly well said. (laughs) It is subjectivity. That's it. It's subjectivity for something that is could not be more black and white. Do you have the foreign substance? Do you not? There's no in-between. And the fact that the umpires can basically guess just because something feels a little sticky, that is absolutely not what it should be. The weirder thing, and this meant a lot to me. I wonder if it meant a lot to you. Hector Santiago was the Mariners pitcher who got Mm -hmm. ejected. When he went off, and I actually, to give the procedures any semblance of credit it hasn't made pace of play worse no not at all they've they've enforced it in the right way yes i think the checks even though they really ruin the moment when a guy is getting a standing ovation and then has to stop and get checked i think it's okay whatever hector santiago jokingly tried to avoid the umpires did you see that video i did i did he jokingly turned his head and was laughing joking around with the umpires and then he got he got charged, basically. He got ejected. What, this is my thing, what pitcher is stupid enough to use foreign substances right now? Yeah, that, that's the thing. I honestly, I believe Santiago. Me too. I, that's I bet you exactly it's, it's my rosin point. and sweat. He wouldn't, A, joke around if he had something. He wouldn't, no pitcher in this situation with all the spin rates going down, with all the buzz about it the way that it is, use a foreign substance. And Trevor Bauer said something really interesting on Sunday Night Baseball. I thought it was really insightful that if pitchers wanted to, they could. And I'm not really sure exactly what that means because I don't know <laughs> I don't know where else you could put it or whatever. But I just think it would be very, very stupid to have something in your glove where you know the umpires are going to check, which means the system is flawed, and just because it was a sweaty day, something, a sweaty hot day, something was sticky in his glove, and now Hector Santiago is suspended for 10 days. Garrett Cole may try to if he keeps pitching this way. Oh, yeah. I'm, Garrett I'm Richards might do the same thing. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I gave the Yankees praise in the episode, so I had to get my one shot. You pushed shot it in. back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but no, I, I'm with you. I, I, I just... It's, they just can't get it right. Like, they're, they're yeah. trying to do it, something that I think is good. I, I, I'm totally fine with, you know, cracking down on cheating, as we said, which is exactly what it is when you're using spider tack. Yeah. But 
to put it and force it in this way where there's going to be no one to watch and check double check these things it just seems so mind-numbingly stupid yeah and the garbage bag they used and it, i love how official sterile. it is i love how <laughs> official that was that they just take the, the glove and put it in a garbage bag yeah and the other thing is that you get different levels of inspection from different umpires yes so you do. some umpires are just running their hands over trevor bauer's hands some are going deep inside the glove I've seen other ones where they don't check anything. No, they, they just walk out just, there. They say, yeah. take your hat off. They look at it and they let and them go And that's it. Away. And that's not yeah. fair. There has to be a more uniform way to do this. It's just, again, we've said from the beginning, is this going to be deemed a success if pitchers like Garrett Cole start to stink? And right now, in his last few starts, Garrett Cole has stunk. Is that a good thing? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's an interesting question. Something to think about. And the, mm-hmm. just the last thing I'll say, obviously we could do a whole podcast about this, <laughs> but um, just because Garrett Cole has been so bad, I don't think necessarily means he was using a substance like spider tech. And that's why this system is also flawed. Because to go from substances to nothing eliminates the idea of a middleman. And that middleman is the sweat and the rosin and the spit and all that other stuff that we've kind of said they could use. That's not cheating. It's not the, to the extent of the spider tack stuff. But all these guys are struggling. Maybe Garrett Cole used the spider tack. Maybe that's why it's been so exaggerated. But just because he's struggling doesn't mean, in my mind, that he had to have been using the spider tack because he's throwing a baseball with absolutely nothing on it for probably the first time in his entire life. Maybe the, since he was six years old and he was playing in the backyard with his family. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very strong point, though I am almost positive Garrett Cole used spider tack for, for a long time. Yeah, this, the spin rates jumped so much. And then how he, you know, answered the question from about a month ago when he got straight up asked if he used spider tack and he said he yeah. couldn't answer it. I'm fairly certain that he used it. He, he's just, it's just using him as an example. That is all. We go to other pitchers and I think you're 100% right. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to like just completely bring on it. But him, I think he is under a ton of scrutiny and rightly so because he had the highest jump in the numbers. He currently has a massive uh, deduction in the numbers mm-hmm. And he had that straight up answer on, uh, or non straight up answer, I guess. <laughs> the to, exact to, opposite to of the a question. straight up answer. But that's a Garrett Cole thing. Listen, this was not meant to be a let's destroy Garrett Cole type, um, you know, point. But no, I, I get what you mean. Maybe he was just the wrong example. I, I think just largely, just because a pitcher is struggling, doesn't mean that they were using the yes, stickiest. Yes, exactly. That I completely agree yeah. with. Yes, and that could have been so easily remedied by doing this in the off season. Yep. Where you could have done, you could Which have changed the ball. Yeah, yep. because now it's just... I, I tweeted out before Trevor Bauer's start a while ago, if he gave up, God forbid, two home runs and a couple of runs, he would have been absolutely fleeced for being the poster child for sticky substances. And we don't know if that's the case. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's become so subjective, and I think that's the worst thing that could have happened in this entire situation. Yep, I, I think you're definitely on to something there. But baseball did it to itself, so what are we going to do? As they like to. As they like to do. (laughs) But, all right, that will do it for us then on our June monthly awards. We always have a ton of fun putting these together, so we hope you guys really enjoy this one. And let us know what you think for who are your monthly award winners for the month of June. 
So be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, leave a rating as that really helps us out as well, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DidYouHearPod. We are bat flipping into the weekend. It's July 4th weekend. Everyone have a great and safe weekend. And Emma, that's a wrap.